0: Get the cat on yeah, your I face. have a lot of secret talents.
1: You do have a lot of secret talents. You have a cat on your head.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: I, I may have. Yeah,
0: been... I, I was like, is it video okay. off, video on? Like,
1: well, we're, we have video on. I don't, I don't record it, but I think I have to take a picture of the cat on your head. Just move back a little well, bit. Any... Yeah, for sure. Sit back a little bit. There we go. I just want the cat's face in there. Hello and welcome to The A-List, the podcast that asks the world's top advertising professionals how they got started in the business. I'm your host, Tom Chrisman, freelance creative director, copywriter, ad nerd, and co-dean of Ad House Advertising School. Today, you're going to hear from the next generation, Bree Fern, a senior copywriter at Argonaut in San Francisco, and Laura Canzano, an ACD focusing on multicultural advertising at gsd are the co-founders of Breaking Ad, an Instagram account dedicated to breaking down the ad game for newbies. You'll hear from Bree, or Brenda Fernandez, which I call her throughout the episode, my bad Bree, as she takes us through her childhood in Cuba, Mexico, and Miami, then dropping out of a prestigious law school and finding advertising while meditating in China, of all places. Laura Canzano tells us about her life growing up in Switzerland and Panama, finding advertising at the University of Texas, Austin, and then heading to Miami Ad School Madrid to seal the deal. These two awesome women demonstrate the importance of networking and finding allies as you navigate your career. And I love that both are giving back with breaking ad. It's only a matter of time before these two are running the industry, and it will be a better industry for it. As always, the A-List is sponsored by Ad House Advertising School, where fall classes are now in session. At AdHouse, you get 10 weeks of classes with a working ad pro for just 600 bucks. It's the perfect way to dip your toe in and see what's up. Go to adhousenyc.com to sign up to get our newsletter and be one of the first to get in on our upcoming Kickstarter, which is going to be a lot of fun. And speaking of fun, let's listen to my talk with Laura Consano and Bree Fern with a virtual cat on her head. Ah. Nice to meet you guys, and, uh, and we've met before, right, Brenda?
0: Yeah, yeah. You actually came to speak at Miami Ad School once upon a time when I was a student.
1: I did, yes. Um, and, uh, Laura, we've never met, but, no. uh, but I love what you guys are doing with Breaking Ad, and you have some news, Brenda, right?
0: Well, yeah. Um, I actually just started as a senior copywriter at Argonaut in the Bay Area.
1: Argonaut. That's cool. And do you live in the Bay Area?
0: Um, I don't. So right now I'm working remotely until we have to go to the office. so where, it's where exciting are you? So I'm in Austin right, right now. In okay. Austin, Texas, breakfast capital of the world, eating tacos and all things queso.
1: Pretty great place to live.
0: I'm I, I'm trying to convince her to stay, but.
1: uh yeah. now we always we always start with the same question on this show, and it you know you can guys can take uh, whoever wants to go first, but uh, where did you grow up, and and how did you? get to know about advertising, I guess, would be the.
2: Ooh. Do you have an I,
0: I want Laura to start because she is so um, global. I, I can't even pinpoint an area code or zip code that, like, Laura hasn't lived in.
1: So why don't you go first, Laura?
0: Uh, I grew up, I'm French
2: but I was born in Switzerland. And then when I was six years old, my dad took us uh, outside. Uh, Well, his job sent us to Egypt. So we lived in Egypt for a couple of years.
1: Wow. What was his job?
2: He worked for Nestle. Okay. So it was, you know, the middle of the nineties, the booming of globalization, they were sending expats everywhere to kind of set up offices. And he was just one of those people that was like, I'll take that job because nobody wanted to travel to these places. Yeah, Um, and so we went to Egypt. We lived in Prague for a little bit, and then I, at age 11, we moved to Panama. And then my dad realized, like, this is a sweet deal for me to retire here, so he pushed to stay. So I ended up being in Panama from uh, age 11 till was uh, college. I had to go to college. Oh wow. Mm -hmm. yeah and that's where i learned english that's where i learned spanish um and then after that i came to ut and the way i learned about advertising is i was really into art when i was in high school Mm -hmm. and i wanted to go to art school and i was and my parents were like absolutely not like why why
1: why did they fight that so hard
2: well this. It's like, you're going to be a starving artist on the street. Like they, that's and okay. You got not, that
1: sweet Nestle money. You could do that.
2: That's right. Sweet Nestle. Why not? <laughs> well, they didn't want that. They don't okay. want me to be dependent on them. I and that uh, was very smart of them. And they said, like, no, you're going to find a job that, you know, sure, you can do something creative, but find something else. And um, <laughs> at the time, that movie, that horrible movie with uh, Mel Gibson, like What Woman Wants, yeah. had oh. come out a
0: couple years back yeah
2: and i remember seeing, he's an art director or something in the yeah. that movie and i remember seeing his job and being like this is cool like i want to make ads like i bet someone makes this so yeah i yeah that's kind of like so i went to ut for advertising but again like i didn't know about the different departments or anything so in college i was like when are we going to make ads when are we going to make ads like when do we get to like paint and draw and like do stuff and yeah. then I realized I had to go to yeah so that's how I grew up
1: so so you you uh you took you went into the advertising uh major at UT right away or yeah, you waited. I did yeah. okay cool.
2: and then I got rejected twice from the creative sequence oh no <laughs>
1: uh,
2: he started from the bottom now she's here yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> so getting rejected like that did that make you think oh maybe this isn't for me
2: no, it gave me even more. I was like, no, I want to do this. And I remember I, I remember feeling a little lost because at the time I only thought I only knew about like the creative sequence. And I knew I needed a portfolio. Right. But I didn't know necessarily about Miami Ad School, or whatever. And then I was interning uh, at an agency where they had students from Miami Ad School that were doing like a semester away or whatever. Right. And so I interned at that agency it was Latin which now it's called 30 Year, which, yeah, it's a completely different place. But it was um, called
1: Latin Works at the time and it was in Austin or?
2: Yeah. Okay. It was in Austin. And it was a multicultural agency and I kind of landed there by mistake. as not by mistake, but kind of randomly. And, uh, and yeah, so they, at the end of the year, I asked for a job as a junior. I was like, I've been doing creative work for you guys and uh, I'm on a visa and all this stuff. So so They were like, and eh, you know, two thousand eight, the recession. Yeah. And were, like, eh, we're not really hiring juniors, blah blah blah. So I negotiated my way. I was like, all right, you won't give me a job. You're gonna get me into Miami Ad School. I was like, wow. So. That's pretty I, cool. Yeah. yeah. So I made them make me so that I made them call Pippa and say, "We have a student here. <laughs> you need to. You need to that's, get her
1: in." That's awesome. That's great. And so, so you were like, that's what I need to do. I need to go back to school and, and what, why that? Why not just go to New York and and try your hand at, at getting jobs there? Is it, was it just like, you felt like.
2: I had no portfolio. Like I had very little work and I was mostly when I was an intern, I was the CCO's kind of like assistant. So Mm -hmm. he would put me on projects, but at the same time, like it was a lot of just like doing stuff for him yeah. or helping with pitches and stuff like that. So I didn't have stuff to put in a book and I felt right. like I didn't have anything to even ask for a job, honestly. right? Maybe I could have, and, but I just like, I didn't feel like I could. So yeah. I was like, I need to go to portfolio school, get, portfolio. get that shit right away and then I'll get a really good job.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh,
1: awesome. And
2: so, yeah.
1: so Brenda, what about you? Where did you, uh, where did you grow up?
0: Do I start in uh, circa 95 uh, Cuba or do I start in the, in the US?
1: <laughs> Cuba, yeah, no, start in Cuba, yeah.
0: Uh, I am from there. I'm from that little island uh, 90 miles from Miami. Um, I grew up there uh, for three to four years. Um, mm-hmm. But it was lovely, not that I remember anything. My parents tell me tales and I see old photographs. And, mm-hmm. But actually, we left Cuba. We left Cuba when I was four or three years old. We actually moved to Mexico. And we lived in Mexico for six months or so. And then we made our way to the States. Mm-hmm. It was just easier um, because of the policies involved and all that, all that jazz. And mm-hmm. we made our way to Miami shocking. It's like most of the Cuban populations in Miami. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I grew up there. Um, and my mom and my father are like professionals in Cuba. So Cuba's like a very highly educated country. We have like the most doctors per capita. My mom was a doctor. My dad was an engineer and, like, they had this immigrant mentality, like, we came to this country for you. My dad's like, I came here with a dollar in my pocket. I'm like, well, my grandma kind of helped you out, you know, like, she was <laughs> already here. He's like, no, it was one dollar. And I'm like, okay, dad. Like, yeah, that was my dad. He was, like, a very, very much tough love. And my mom as well. So I was, like, really primed to be a professional and just, like, be extremely studious and focus on my academics. And I thought there are only like five career paths because in Cuba, there's no advertising. Like advertising does not exist. Like the word in Spanish advertising translates to like publicidad, which when I tell people that they're like, oh, so like you're a publicist or you work on television. Like it doesn't have the same translation, which is, I find really funny. I don't know if Laura wants to comment on that, but that's what I've experienced whenever people ask me what I do. Yeah. So when I was, um, thinking about the career paths I wanted to do early on, like, am like, you can only be a doctor. You can only be an engineer. You can only be an attorney, an accountant or a lawyer. Why? Cause like in my country, that's what it is. Like yeah. that's how you make it quote unquote. So it must translate like that to the States. So at an early age, I fell in love with judge Judy and this right. woman on Telemundo called, um, I forget her name, but it was like this show called Caso Cerrado. It was like this super badass oh, woman. Yeah.
2: She's better yeah. than Judge Judy. She's so. She's mean. better
0: than Judge Judy because she has like so much attitude and she has like She's, all these snappy she up. I, I just love this woman. I'm like, okay, well, if I only have five options to choose from in my career path, uh, I think I align myself with the attorney path because I like speaking. I like writing. I like all this litigating stuff. I always had to like weasel my way out of things with my parents and I was quite successful at it. Uh, school too. So my entire adolescence, I was primed to be a lawyer and I just never thought outside of that because again, like that's what I was trained to do. That's what my parents wanted. You, you know, you can't make uh, parents happy, unhappy parents, unhappy life. That's uh, the Cuban model. Okay. So um, I did everything I could. I got into university of Miami, graduated like top of my class. And then I got into GW law and my dad and my mom were like ecstatic. They were telling the church, they were like telling my dad's like friends with like the mayor in in Miami, He was like telling the mayor in Durrell, he's like, when my daughter graduates for you, she's going to work in the Joral council. And I'm like, okay, dad, like don't go making promises that are not going to happen. But I was ecstatic. I was like, oh yeah, man, I made it big. I'm going to go to GW law. I'm going to go to DC. I'm going to live like five minutes away from Obama. I get to DC, OMFG, like so far removed from Miami, um, in every, in every aspect. Um, it was the first time I had left for school and I had never felt so small. I had never felt so far removed from my identity. Um, in terms of like the culture, in terms of the people around me, GW law was an extremely competitive school. Mm. Um, everyone came from like, I would personally say privileged backgrounds. I was for the first time in my, in my, In my skin, I'm like, fuck, I'm a minority. Like I really feel like a minority right now. Because when I'm in Miami, we're the major majority. Like everyone in Miami is Latino. Yeah. So if you're a white person in Miami, you you got no Spanish. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're the minority. So when I got to DC, I was like, oh my God. Like it was just like such a culture shock. Like taking that all in and then taking in that, oh my God, like do I want to do this? Because the more I inundated myself with like the legal practice and what would have come and what would have happened. I'm like, I don't know if I want this. So I deferred my first semester. My parents had a heart attack. My mom had an aneurysm. Yeah. You must've been Uh, so
1: nervous about calling them and being like, Hey guys. um,
0: Yeah. Yeah. Were you like, maybe I'm
1: just nervous. Maybe this is just, you know, just
0: my mom, my dad's like, he, my, I, my dad makes it seem like he's just like weathered like every possible thing that has gone wrong and has come out alive. He's like, when I was in Cuba, a horse trampled all over me and I made it out alive and I'm still breathing and I made it to this country with one dollar. And I'm like, dad, like, I'm just like confused if I want to go to law school. And I'm like, I might just change careers. He's like, you can't change careers. You didn't come this far to come this far. I'm like, okay. So I just came back to Miami and I was like, listen, I just need some time to see if this is what I really want. Law school like made me feel all types of ways. I was like really depressed. I was very emo. I was outside of myself. Mm. Um, and I, I told them, I promised with them, I'm like, maybe D.C. wasn't my scene. Maybe it was the climate there. Maybe if I go to law school in Miami. So I actually dropped out of law school in D.C. Wow. And went and enrolled in a law school in Miami to make mom and dad you know happy. And be like, hey, I'm still following the legal path. Yeah. So... Um, upon doing that, I was like, man, this is even worse because I'm now back at home with my parents going to law school, this tier three law school that I just didn't even signed up for when I was at like a top 20 yeah. law school. Yeah. So I started thinking of myself and I started like reaching out to friends and I started going to therapy and got into yoga and meditation. And I met this guy that was like doing his PhD in Princeton. And he was like, you should go to China, bro. And I'm like, what? why would I go to China? He's like, because you need to like find yourself and you need to like meditate with the monks. And I found myself when I went to China and now I'm at Princeton doing my PhD. And I was like, oh, wow, like sign me up. How do I do that? So I did. I went to China for like a month. I became yeah. vegan. I studied Buddhism. I um, pretty much just like completely stripped myself of all uh, brie and embrace like this, like Chinese Buddhist uh, rigorous like way of living. Wait, uh, wait, up a five- hang on. Yeah, yeah.
1: What is your dad thinking about this when you when you? Do
0: I that? didn't even tell my dad like I was going on a Buddhist trip to China because so Cuba's communist. Cuba's a communist yeah. country. Mm-hmm. China's is a communist country. If I tell my father I'm going to another communist country to do uh, Chinese Buddhism, he would have had like god knows what like some sort of hurry or stroke too yeah so i just i'm like i'm doing an educational experience in theology to further my law practice and my dad's like that sounds amazing i'm like yeah it's very coveted it's uh sponsored by harvard and princeton he's like harvard and princeton you had me there so like he just stopped asking questions after that and the and the trip was fully funded by the you know what that's called
1: that's called publicidad
0: you know what, Dom? Um, I didn't become a doctor, but I did become a spin doctor, my friend. That's what I say. So I, anyways, went to China. And, uh, you know, I, I really enjoyed being there because I meditated. I was very mindful. I learned, like, new ways of thinking. It shifted my consciousness. And I think upon coming back from China and just, like, everything I learned, I was able to, like, take a step back and really assess the situation and be like, hmm, okay, like, these are, these are my strong suits, let let me just meditate on this. And I started meditating on this. And no, there's no profound ending to the story. I just coincidentally had a Mad Men episode when I was meditating. And I'm like, Oh, my God, is this a real career? Can I really do this? And it, it was true. I, I could have been a Peggy Olsen. Uh, and I was like, Well, it's no coincidence that I'm meditating during a Mad Men episode, because now I think I want to do this. So yeah. I ended up looking up what advertising was, what it entailed. No, it's not a fake career on a Mad Men TV show, you can actually be a copywriter, an art director, an account person, a strategist. Yeah. So, I think Mad well, Men
1: was that was yeah. one of the few shows that actually got it kind of yeah. close to reality. Yeah. Um,
0: exactly. Yeah. The sixties so reality,
1: but reality. Yeah. Right?
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. So when I saw that, I was like, "Oh my god! Like, how do I get how how do I get in this business?" Right. So I googled, of course, how to get into advertising, and it just so happened Miami Ad As- School in Miami had a program. Oh my right, goodness! My, house so it was just like meant to be um so i went from gw law this like decades like eight like centuries old like prestigious university to this pink school yeah. in miami in winwood yeah so when my parents are like so you're going to winwood to study what what does that even mean what's what's advertising what's a yeah. copywriter are you copyright law i'm like no dad it's actually you know you know, the Nike commercials, like that type of stuff. He's yeah. like, yeah. What about Nike commercials? You're going to sell shoes. I'm like, no, I'm not selling shoes. Technically I am, but I'm like branding the story behind the shoes. Yeah. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, whatever makes you happy. I've, I've lost all faith at this point. I'm like, okay, dad. So went to Miami ad school, um, and did my thing. And that's where I met you, Tom. Mm-hmm. Tom got up in the industry, in of stage and he was like, I'm Tom. I'm from Demasio Goldstein and I make cartoons and he handed out like little flyers. I'm like, Oh my God, this man's so cool. Uh, and yeah, Miami ad school is amazing because it really exposes you to like all the ad agencies all over the world. Like you don't just have to intern in the U S agencies. You can intern in the European agencies. Yeah. It's so international and it gives you a big network to just like really dabble in. And I knew starting off, like I'm such a big networker and I'm so like into making friends and contacts and all that noise that when I turn Miami at Miami I'm like, I'm going to make sure that I make friends with everyone at every agency possible yeah. because that's the ticket. So, you know, I think uh, look-
1: that, that is, that is the best advice, uh, ever, you know, uh, just make friends with everybody in the business. Um, how did you do that, Laura? How did you, how did you start yeah. to, to get, get a, uh, get a footing? What was your first job? Were you, were you my actually, first, yeah. my
2: first, 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 first one. Uh, I did an internship for a month at a agency in Panama, and oh. when I showed up, they stuck me with the account director or account person, and so I was sitting next to her, and she clearly didn't want to have anything to do with me because they, they didn't have an intern program. They just like you know, they're like, yeah. oh, here, sit here. Uh, so I would try ask a question like, So what are you doing now? What are we doing now? And I'm like, And then she's like, well, we need to resize these ads and we need to do this. And she's like, let me show you the designer department. And so she opens this door and you had like all these guys kind of like tucked away in like a room and like, these are the designers. And I was like, oh, this is cool. And they were like, hello. And so I asked her like, can I sit here next week?
1: Not with you. You mean lady.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. She's like, can I sit with them? She's like, sure, whatever. What do you like? Are you interested in in like creative? And I was like, yeah, but it wasn't even the creative department they stuck me in. It was like the mechanicals in you know like yeah finishing the,
1: finish. the uh, and so the studio. they had me
2: the studio yeah and so I was resizing ads for the first month of my career I guess and um they they taught me Photoshop because I didn't know Photoshop at that time. So That's great. I spent a month. Just learning Photoshop with the studio. <laughs>
1: were you in high school? Were you in high school at the time?
2: No, I was in college. Right? Okay,
1: so you'd come back.
2: Yeah. Like, yeah you'd come, back, come back, and,
1: back, and for the summer, you were, you did the thing.
2: Yeah. Uh, what
1: What is advertising back. like in Panama? What are the What are the agencies like? I don't I don't know any of them. Are there big? up
2: uh, e- there. They're. they're they're big in the sense that some are like owned by publicists and whatever, but they're, they're pretty small. It's a bit of a, you know, like who's who of Panama. Like you have three families, like two or three families that own the agencies and they kind of, you know, um, my dad always tells me, why don't you start your own agency? Just move back, start your own agency. I'm like that. I would be eaten alive within a minute. They like, they won't, you know, there's no, there's no way in
1: really. Right.
2: I could be a CCO maybe if they needed one, but
1: right, you know, starting your really own place, crazy. they'd all they'd all turn on you and be like, ah, get out of yeah. here. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. interesting. Um, and so now you're in. Now you're in in uh, in Austin.
2: Yes, so and I. You stayed I've there after college. college. Yeah, I so I left after college. I went to Miami at school as well. But I went my goal was because I'm French and I wanted to start my life in Europe was like, okay, I'm going to go to the Madrid school because they had just opened it was like Mm. the second or third year that they had students. Yeah, the campus there. So I was like, I want to do that. Mm, And I want to do that yeah, <laughs> yeah it was fun it was great um the you know i lived in madrid for a year and then i got to intern like i interned in london i interned in uh, paris i interned in like all these places which is kind of the cool thing about miami ad school yeah and uh kind of like for personal reasons i moved away from 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 europe and latin works at the time it was 2010 my cco um, I gave him my book and I was like, Hey, I'm done with Miami at school. Can you review it? And like, give me feedback. Cause I really want to get it in a good place. And he replied saying, where do you want to work? And I said, well, in Europe or really anywhere else. And then he said, like, well, So you, 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 you
1: boiled it down to Europe or anywhere else. That that was your, uh, yeah. that was your, you weren't specific your
2: priority ones. And then two, I'm excited to hear what else you got. You okay. Know? <laughs> yeah and uh and he was like well we're looking for juniors so why don't you come back here wow a lot more so
1: that thing that you wanted when you left you got when you got back that's incredible
2: yeah so i came back and at the time honestly like 2010 was still kind of i don't know it was kind of tough finding jobs and so i I went back because i knew that agency like valued me and they knew what like what i was capable of and yeah. i wouldn't have to do like a whole like junior thing again like prove myself all over again i was like i'm just gonna they're gonna throw me in um and that's what happened so i stayed there for three and a half years
1: oh that's great and then
2: um and then i got laid off because we lost a bunch of accounts yeah it sucks uh, <laughs> and then i started gdm so yeah i haven't jumped around like most people and um I've just kind of stayed it's also harder to move around when you're on a visa right so I kind of stuck where where I where I can because every time I got interviewed for other places trying like because they try to poach you anywhere you are at and
0: right the moment
2: the question comes up like oh do you have a green card and it's like no I don't and they're like oh we're not sponsoring right now Sorry. yeah right
1: that's hard it,
2: so yeah. you, you never get past the recruiter because they won't even show your book to the creative director because they're like, what if they really like her and then we have to pay X amount of money to get her through the door. So right. when you're younger in your career, they don't think it's worth it really. Yeah. Because they can, any junior or mid-level, the, you know, everyone's knocking at their door. So.
1: Right. How about you, uh, Brenda? Uh, should I be calling you yeah. Bree or should I be calling you Brenda? <laughs>
0: When I hear Brenda, I hear my mother calling me Brenda throwing a Brenda! Like, throwing a sandal 90 miles an hour at my face every time someone calls me Brenda. It gives me hives. All
1: right, Bree. It says it right under you though. It says Brenda Fernandez. Uh, <laughs> I know, all, right, so Bri. all right, Bree. All uh, right, Bree. how did you how did you get uh, into the how did you get from Miami Ad School to working in in advertising? What what did you do? You're done with Miami networking, Ad School. Networking. That
0: so works. I I um interned I was at at the time I was interning at narrative. It was a shop owned by Russell Simmons. Trisha Stone of Clark was running it. She was amazing. And I thought we you know, we were gonna get brought on. They were a small shop, so they had not that many accounts at the time and they kept it real with us. So I started looking around and Try to network more and more. They kept and it real with
1: you, meaning like, hey, we we probably aren't going to have a job. Yeah, yeah, we probably.
0: Hey, this, this is a situation, so that but was good. We love
1: you here, and you're. you're love great. you, yeah.
0: but not too much. <laughs> like it's not I have it's, to pay you. Yeah,
1: we, <laughs> we to pay. Yeah, we so, to pay you. Yeah. Okay. yeah. All right.
0: But I met I met great people there, like Benjamin venderman He's now the CCO of MediaCom. Yeah. We still keep it t- Like he's amazing um and a lot of like creatives i worked with i still talk to this day there but i was at the time like taking a class with um this lady who was working at fcb and she was their new acd hire and i you know was taking the class and i ran into fifi jacobs shout out to fifi jacobs from fcb new york she's my fairy godmother Mm -hmm. and i just like struck up a conversation with her and we just hit it off the bat And so when I started looking for jobs, um, and she ended up giving me her business card every like every time we had a conversation, she's like, take my business card, take my business card. I'm like, okay, great. So when I was looking for jobs, I totally forgot about Fifi and her business card. And I remember being, okay, so this is a freaking kicker. I was living with nuns. In New York City, when I moved there wow. to afford Manhattan rent, so it was like me and my friend living with nuns. Wait, wait, Times wait, square. wait,
1: wait. Yeah, you were you were living with Camilla.
0: Yeah, I was living with her. Well, not in the same uh, room. But we weren't living in the same 450 square foot, you know, designated living space. But we were both in that nunnery. Yeah, just because uh, she was paying, at Damasimo.
1: And she would, yeah. she would talk about, I'm living with nuns. You know, she had that, she yeah. that cute voice. Uh, and she would talk about living with nuns. And I was like, what do you do? We have to get Camilla an apartment, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> we have to get her out of the nunnery.
0: Oh, we were living in her effing nunnery. Like I couldn't even curse her. It was like a Jesus piece behind me every time I got mad. But right. you know, maybe it wasn't because when I was like, God, send me a sign. And I looked to the floor, I'm like, oh my God, Fifi's business card. I'm going to call this woman. So I texted Fifi. And she's like, Oh, you actually we were actually looking for juniors. So I applied at FCB New York, Ari Halper at the time was a CCO. Ari was a big, big um, driving force in my career. I love him dearly. He helped FCB win a bunch of like, awards, Did the Burger King Whopper detour when I was there It took like a long time to make that campaign. Gabriel Schmidt was an ACD or uh, he was a GCD at the time. He also interviewed me And I was able to get in, I got in to to the FCB New York, and I was like, Oh, my God. And they told me when I started, they're like, you know, right now we're not recognized, but we're on the way to be recognized, because we're working on some crazy shit. And I'm like, Oh, man, I'm all excited. And it's crazy when an agency tells you that. And then when I left, the agency became that they became like, top five agencies to work at they became agency of the year because of like the Burger King Whopper um, detour work they did. And it's just interesting to be part of like an agency when they're on the come up and not when they're like already there, because you see like what it takes to actually get there. And yeah. I was just very, very fortunate to work at that place at the right time. And till this day, I talk to Fifi whenever I need career advice. Yeah. This woman is the oracle of all things advertising. I call her for anything, everything. She is amazing. Um, And she's helped me and guided me throughout my career decisions. Anytime I have any questions. Yeah,
1: so, she's a she's a legend and she uh,
0: She's a legend. And what I wanna biography.
1: What you what you I think have uh, showed an example of and both of you have showed examples of, is it's all about the people that you know. Like Laura, you knowing about this agency in Austin and having intern there and keeping in touch with them. And yeah. going back and asking them, hey, what do you think of this book now? I think that is, uh, for a lot of people, really hard to do because they, they think, oh, they don't care about me. I left and they, they, they you know, that's yeah. over now. But um, it's so important. And, you know, uh, okay. I, I think, how do, how do you do it? How do you stay in touch with people?
2: For me, I think it's like you have to find that common ground with those people, right? Like when you're interviewing with a CCO, it's very, very intimidating. Mm-hmm. But when I interviewed with the CCO back when I was in college, uh, you know, uh, they did an interview with the the account person and the job was um, ironically, because I had done that dual internship in Panama where I spent like a week with an account person and then the rest of my time messing around in the studio, Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, this lady was like, oh, I think you'd be great because we're looking for an intern for our CCO to help him like with you know, his schedule. And uh, at the time, his name was Sergio Alcocer, which he made Latin works. He turned Latin works into like A-list agency of adage. And like, he was just a force of nature. And so everyone was like, his name was Sergio. And everyone was like, Sergio, Sergio, and like, Sergio. So Like, and, and he's really tall. Like he's like six foot four, like big dude. Mm-hmm. Like has like big glasses, like really intimidating guy. And when he was looking at my resume, one thing to do is if you've lived in a lot of places, people never told me this. I kind of put it there. It's like, I put where I lived. And so even though it has nothing to do with my job skills, he was like, why'd you live in those, all these countries? And I told him, I was like, I, my dad worked for Nestle. And then he goes ah. and he's like, stop, what? And I'm like, yeah, my dad, you know, we moved around and he's like, my wife's dad, my, my, my father-in-law, worked for Nestle his entire career and won't let us eat anything else but Nestle. And so we started bonding over the fact that in our houses or when he visits his in-laws, he can't bring anything that's not Nestle in the house and that's yeah. how I grew up. Yeah, and amazing. so he, in that moment he asked me, when can you start? And I was like, uh, I don't like when I'm going, actually I'm going on vacation for a week. So maybe when I come back and he's like, okay, great. And I walked down the stairs and her name was Ashley and Ashley's like, So, uh, how did it go? And I was like, well, he asked me, when do I start? And she goes, "Uh, no, no, what? He's like, yeah, he said, welcome, you know. And (laughs) she's like, oh, no, hold on. He has to interview way more people. Uh, We'll call you. And so I walked out and then like five minutes later, I was walking down the street on Congress and uh, my phone rang, I flipped phone because it was back in the day (laughs) and,
1: I think we should go back to flip phones. I'm so tired. I'm so tired of doom scrolling.
2: And, uh, yeah, call me and so, so after that, once you build that rapport, I think like keeping in touch, like he, he was always going to be my mentor. And until this day, like if I, you know, if I call him right now, he'd be like, are you CCO yet? And I'll be like, no, he's like, come on, Laura, like, you know? <laughs> so, uh yeah, I think it's just finding that common ground. Yeah. And I think, and I she-
1: think, putting uh, on your resume or in your book or somewhere a little bit about you. Uh, and it's yeah. not, it's, it's people want to know who you are. And I think that it, this job is so much more than just, you know, what you've learned and where you went to school. It's, it's what kind of person you are and, and are you curious and have you, you know, and having lived in so many places, you immediately are more creative because You've seen more things, and and if you have more connections uh, in your brain, then you're going to have more ideas. So, uh, yeah, that's like if you putting everything into your into your book and your story is really important. That's cool. It
2: is,
1: Brenda. How yeah. do you, how do you how did you uh, how did you stay in touch with with people? What do you what do you do? Obviously, you you had Beefy Jacobs card on on the floor she at the. that working, machine? You are no, I can hear it, and you. I, I, you that's what you're doing with, uh, and we'll get to, right after this, we'll get to, to breaking ad and what you guys are doing there. But yeah. how do you stay in touch with people? What's the secret?
0: Um, the secret is to just give a fuck about staying in contact with people. That's, it's no science behind it. Really, it's like holidays, send them a holiday text message. Whenever you feel like texting them, just text them. If, you have your, if I have your number, I will send you a text at any hour unless you specify, please, not right now, I am with my children. But I just keep it very organic. It shouldn't be forced because anything forced is just artificial by definition. It's a genuine connection that you have with people you forge in your agency. You know, it transcends. It's like keeping like, it's like asking like, oh, how do you keep in touch with friends? Like at this point in my career, Fifi's my friend. Keeping in touch with Fifi, it's like keeping in touch with someone I I like, like hold in high respect and dearly because she's like, such a big important part of my life and a lot of other creatives and recruiters along the way I feel the same way about mm-hmm. so it's not like keeping in touch with like this industry professional in my mind it's keeping in touch with a friend keeping in touch with someone I care about keeping in touch with like someone at this point I consider my family so I just that's how I see it uh, I don't think it should be like so far removed from like oh my god like what do I do to like make sure this person doesn't forget me I think if you're thinking too much on that side of the fence it's like you're forging in an, or, like just a fake relationship at that point, just like keep it real, align yourself with people that, you know, have your interest, uh, best interest in mind and let it flow.
1: Yeah. And I think, I think that's right. And I think that, um, thinking about not thinking about what you can get out of the relationship and, and being nice to everybody, you know, no matter if they're CCO or Fifi Jacobs or, you know, that, that mean woman who, uh, sent you into the, uh, into the, the, uh, the pit of the uh designers laura um Which was the
2: best thing yeah
1: like but but be nice to them and 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 keep in touch and and care about um care about everybody because uh they're all going through something and they're in this business because they love it too um that's kind of cool what what uh what is breaking ad
2: uh uh-huh. uh-huh breaking ad came out of, it's a COVID baby. That's what we like to call it. Um, It's a COVID baby, you know, I was furloughed um, and Brie was laid off and we both were working at GCNM uh, right before that. And- Were you working together?
1: Were you partners?
2: No, we weren't. We were just like she would come to me and talk about stuff and ask me questions about the agency. And, you know, it was the kind of like the connection in the agency. And we were just on the phone, like talking about what had just happened and talking about what, you know, what the world is turning into in our industry. And we're thinking, you know, look at all those juniors. Like we were just talking about that. Right. How we got our start. Yeah. And, you know. I started in the recession, so I remember you know right out of school, like everyone told me you're not going to get a job, and let alone an internship, maybe not so it, it was i i you know we understood what was going on for juniors right now, um you know, you spend all that money on ad school, and then you're just like out in the wild, there's nothing for you to do, yeah, mm-hmm. so we were like, damn, like imagine starting right now, it would really, really freaking suck mm-hmm. and so we and then we started joking about like all the mistakes you make as a junior Mm -hmm. and we're just like riffing off of that and just laughing and then you know and then we hung up and that was that and then the next day we just called me she's like we need to write a book and I was like wait what (laughs) (laughs) and uh, she's like yeah I want to write a book like you can illustrate it and we'll talk about advertising and like juniors and how to help them and just like fun advice. And then I said, well, you know, it's 2020. So we should probably start with an Instagram account. And if it works, you know, if it works out, yeah.
0: we'll do the we'll, travel, we'll
2: turn it into a book and we'll sell it. Um, and that's kind of, you know, it's like all this shit we wish people had told us on the first day. Yeah. Yeah. Do you so guys ever hear of out? a book?
1: Do you guys ever hear of a book by Maxine Petro called how to put a book together and get your, get a job in advertising?
2: No. Jesus.
0: Oh.
1: So, this book, I, you know, I started in a recession too, Laura, but it was 1992, and yeah, that was the book. That was the book in in college that I read and read and read. You guys are going to write the next one of those. That's that's cool, yeah, because it's different now, you know. Um, and uh, so what are the, what are the uh, what are the uh the funny stupid things that interns do that that juniors do? What are some of those things that made you laugh?
0: Oh my god. All right. This is my favorite one. Tom, you're a CD, right?
1: Yeah. Something like that.
0: Well, let's, when let's I have a job, a, go ahead. Yeah. You're a CTO or a CD. One of those. You're, you're high up there. Sure. So you're presenting your work, the intern's in the room and you finish presenting and the intern has feedback for the creative director. <laughs> 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 those are always the funniest when no one tells the intern, Hey, Hey girl, or Hey man, the, the, don't, don't mess with the cd bro like uh i just always found that funny whenever i was like in a meeting with an intern and they'd interrupt the cd or the cco and like cr- like check them and i, I don't know i just we, i never did Amazing. that so when i saw it happen in, in before my eyes i was like where's my camera why isn't this going viral this is just hilarious
1: what about you laura did you have one
0: uh, yeah, I think for me, the, the
2: funny thing is, uh, the impatience. And I think like juniors just show up and, and I get it. Like we were all that way, you know, you're like, I'm going to make an amazing campaign. And then you just like, they, you give them banners or whatever. And they're like, ah, and it's like, do you, and I was that person. Yeah. Right. I was totally that person. Like if any of my friends listen to this, uh, you know, to this podcast, they'll know I was totally that. Uh, I wanted to work on the big stuff, and I was yeah. like, "Why am I wasting my time, my precious talent, on this?" You know, and uh, it took me a while, and it took it took me a while to understand. Like, hey, you know, it yeah, you're gonna make a lot of banners and shitty ads until you're given the right, you know, project and. And even like, even after that,
1: you're going to make some shit. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And even after that, and it's going to take years. And then, you know, like production, and a a lot of it was a a lot of it for me. What's funny is, is seeing the frustration. And it's like, hold on, you just got here. Like, give it six months, give it a year. Like, Keep pitching your ideas, and something might stick, and you might go to production, or you might go yeah. to. And that thing—that's something that was really hard for me to learn. And so, when I see juniors do that, I'm always like, "Ah, oh, man, <laughs> like, man, it's gonna be okay." Yeah, and, and that, uh, that,
1: uh, the 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 enjoying the process is so hard uh, for them to to grasp yeah. because it's like that is it writing those banners when you're older and you're a you're a, a cco and you go freelance and you've got a gig writing banners you're gonna enjoy that hour of banging out banner lines you're just gonna be like oh fun oh i got another I, one you know instead of sitting there for it, like the 20 minutes you spent complaining about writing banner ads you could have had them done already
2: <laughs> <laughs> banners in a way they're they're relaxing because they are so simple but sometimes yeah. they're tricky because you're just like, I don't have to, you know, there's no, there's no pressure to a banner really, you know, the client's going to like it no matter what it is. It might get picky about it, but there's, there's just no pressure to it. And it's the best way to flex that muscle and like practice. Also there's
1: there's nobody watching when you're doing a banner or a radio ad or something, something that's maybe radio has like risen up uh, on the scale these days, but yeah, nobody's watching those those things and and you can really put sink your teeth into it and and own it and and you know yeah with your with your uh with your traffic person or with your developer you can start to you know use that time to create that relationship with that person right
0: and I and I don't I think sometimes when you think banner you're like I'm never gonna put this in my book but like as a writer fuck yeah you could put it in your book if you have some dope lines um you know banners are the new out of home like or print ads like if you have the opportunity to make just great lines, why not put it in your book? You know, yeah. just treat it as a, a chance a to billboard. flex your writing. Book. Yeah. yeah, yeah, billboard. Mm-hmm.
1: The billboard. Uh, so breaking ad is is a right now it's a it's an Instagram, mm-hmm. and yeah. it's teaching it's teaching kids to uh, to young young people or juniors to to mm-hmm. be better.
0: Yeah. That, it's that, yeah, Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, it's advice we wish someone told us and in, in, inadvertently it does help creatives do get better because the advice also applies to us because sometimes they're writing this I'm like, man, I should listen to my own advice. I, I used to listen to my own advice a little bit more
1: yeah.
0: uh, when I'm writing it like, take time off, Brie, while well, I'm writing, take time off, guys. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I, I think that's definitely one way of looking at it.
1: Yeah. Uh, and there's going to be a book. When do you think the, 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 the book will be, uh, when can we get it?
0: When do we publish our first post? Like in April or, or May. I think in no, May, I'm sorry, yeah. it was like May, May 13th or something like that. But I think originally we wanted like a hundred a hundred um posts and then we'd talk. Maybe we can do the book now. But yeah. I think we're trying to change the situation because realistically, you know, taking a book from digital forum. Uh, and putting it on like a paperback or hard copy we we still have to experiment with that too
1: yeah and who's doing the art direction on these I'm just I'm just looking at them as I talk to you guys again Um, you're doing it all you do the illustrations
2: yeah I do the illustrations Uh, sometimes I play art director and if I'm very very busy I'll I'll try to get like some kind of vector and then uh, mess around with it to to turn it into our style but I try to make most of the illustrations um, myself. It takes time. I'm not an illustrator in terms of art director, but, um, you know.
1: I think you're getting better at it. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: uh,
1: And so people can go to breakingad underscore at Instagram and check that out.
2: Yeah. We're happy with it. I think, you know, we want to do more things with it. We've always said, like, it would be cool to, like, go mm-hmm. back to Miami ad school and like talk to students about yeah. where we yeah, both it was the last week. Um, are they so. doing
1: classes this year? Are they, what are they yeah. doing? Uh, remote, Probably remote. remote. And I'd love to have you at an ad house class. Uh, one of these days yeah. to, to sort of speak to them about, about, uh, these kind of things, these that. rules, where are you guys, uh, looking to work now? You guys both, uh, you bre- Bree, you just got uh, a gig in San Francisco. So you're going to move.
0: Yeah. Sure. So when COVID, fingers crossed, is finally over and done with. So even 2022. Though
1: today
0: gonna, <laughs> yeah. There was like a New York article today that was quite alarming. It said that people can get reinfected. And I'm yeah. like, just when you think things could get worse. This is forever. You read this freaking article. Uh, but yeah. So when things get better, I'm going to be free from the Bay uh, and made my way to San Francisco. Yeah. and join the lovely Argonaut.
1: And Argonaut is what? Tell me about Argonaut.
0: So Argonaut's great. They're an independent shop in the Bay Area. I'm working primarily on the cricket business, but they have like Nerd Wallet. they have Fitbit, they have some other cool accounts. Um, I got to choose my partner, I'm very lucky. Uh, she is a born and bred New Yorker from the Upper West Side and uh, we're gonna be working together. And ironically, her name is also Lara. <laughs> So oh. I had to change Laura's name on my phone to croissant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I want very...
1: breakfast. Um, I know.
0: <laughs> Laura, and Laura, times.
1: what are you, what are you doing for work? You're, you're still looking or, uh, should people call you? No,
2: I got back. I got lucky. Um, I got back and, uh my furlough ended like maybe three and a half weeks after it started. I got really, really lucky in that sense. They brought me back. also because, um, uh, I'm one of the few people in, in my building who does multicultural advertising. So they really needed someone. Yeah. <laughs> um, speak all the languages. Yeah. And so, but I'm not a writer. So it, we're still kind of looking for that. And I think, you know, for me, it's again, like it's still very tricky to move around. And I think um, until I get a green card, I'm just going to stick where I'm at. You yeah. know, I've one thing that, you know, we're told also is like, jump around, jump around, jump around. But there, I found I didn't jump around a lot and I found that you can still make progress in an agency. It's, it takes a bit more work, like especially money wise to make more money, but, but, you know, once you get to a certain place in an agency and people know who you are, and it's especially like, you know, the executive branch and they start appreciating your talent, see who you are, then you get opportunities that you wouldn't necessarily get. Um, and I think like a lot of times, um, as a as a woman, and also like as a, sometimes as an art director, tend to give credit to the copywriters for the ideas. Yeah. So a lot of times, like because we never stop
1: talking, talking, Laura. We never stop talking. talking.
2: Um, so so yeah, and so I think not having a copywriter sometimes can help you too because it forces you to really stand up for yourself and not hide behind the partnership. And people start noticing you. So the longer you stay at an agency, if you're like me and you're not like this networking machine like Brie, then you can make, you can dig your little hole and, you know, get to a place where it makes you happy. Like right now I work on really cool accounts. My, I like my creative directors, you know, the agency, everyone's nice. There's no, like, it sounds kind of lame, but there's no, nothing that's kind of, Holding me back, and yeah. and sure, like I would love to like work at different agencies, to get more experiences, and keep climbing. Yeah. Um, but you know, until you I will. get that patience, Laura. Into- remember,
1: you just said, you just said it. Um, I where can people where can people see your guys' work and your stuff? Other than uh, can they can they can they hook up with you on LinkedIn or do you do you like not like that? Where do you like to connect with people if they're listening to this and they're like, I would love, I'm a Junior in, we got people listening in Vietnam and.
0: So if you really? follow me on LinkedIn, which you probably have, because I've been trying to set a thread for myself, hashtag Breeisms, I'm there dropping truth bombs as well. And at the time, um, at this time, primarily, I'm sure y'all are familiar with the police brutality taking place across the United States. So at this moment i i've personally wanted to lend my book url to the link It black initiative that my friend mo osborne formed so if you do go check out my work at this point i am currently redirecting to all that is black talent so i just i'm taking a stance on that um i want to give you know black talent the chance to be looked at because it does get overlooked so
2: um
0: i i think for me the best method of contact right now is LinkedIn, um, either message me or whatever. I'm always at free. But my book right now is is going for the cause.
1: That's great, and we'll put that in the show notes as well. Laura, what where where can people uh, connect with you or see your stuff?
2: LinkedIn, okay. I think LinkedIn, and you know, if you if usually if you Google my full name, like the first three links are my LinkedIn and my portfolio. So pretty easy to find me. There's not a ton of Laura Kanzanos in this world. Yeah, Laura Kinsano.
1: <laughs> awesome uh, what else what, what didn't I talk about uh, I know we're at an hour so I wanted to just uh, be conscious of your time but is there anything else that I've, that I've missed
2: um, I don't know okay hmm.
1: well maybe we'll have to do this again sometime
0: yeah for sure yeah. when we get that book when you get two. that book I
1: want you to have you on and then we'll talk about the book so uh, thanks for coming on guys thank
0: that's you right. for having that's us that's right
1: it was, uh, it was good hearing your story and uh, seeing the cat on your head, Brie. Yeah, there was
0: a cat on my head the whole time.
1: It was there the whole time. She, the never, whole time. she never broke uh, character of the girl I, I with the cat either. on her head. I'm starting to think it's a real cat, although it does it disappear does, every uh, once in a while.
0: It does move when I move, and it shakes its tail when I shake my head.
1: Yeah, it looks very happy to be there. Maybe not happy, maybe more content. Are cats ever happy? Well, uh, good luck with your stuff and, uh, looking forward to the book. And I, uh, I, I look forward to talking to you guys again.
2: Yeah. Thanks for having us. Thank you.
1: The future of advertising is female folks. That was my talk with Brie Fern and Laura Canzano. You can check out breaking ad at breaking ad underscore on Instagram. They are also involved in that cool, uh, sideshow awards thingy. Uh, It's an award show celebrating the side projects of people and advertising. You can check that out at sideshowproject.org, and you can still enter your side projects, I think, uh, this week. I think they're still still taking entries. I may or may not have entered the A-List podcast into that, but, uh, you know, why not? We need some hardware around here. Um, AdHouse classes may be in session, but you can still sign up for our newsletter at adhousenyc.com. And we're going to be kicking off a Kickstarter next week. And if you sign up, you'll be among the first to hear about it. Top secret ad house stuff. Very interesting. This has been The A-List. I'm Tom Chrisman. You can connect with me at tomchrisman.net. The music you're hearing is by Ross Hopman over at Duotone Audio Group. This was edited by me. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to The A-List podcast on SoundCloud or wherever you listen to podcasts and share us with a friend. And I'll see you next time.